0: I've just talked a lot, and I totally agree with everything I've said.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same.
0: So, Nick, I've got a question for you. I've got a couple clients who have asked me recently my thoughts on the use of marijuana to treat their mental conditions. And I definitely have my own opinion about this topic, but I'm curious as to what your thoughts are on this idea that marijuana might be a good treatment for anxiety disorders, for depression, post-traumatic stress I've heard recently. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, I can see why people um, are curious about this because – Marijuana has, for a lot of people, not for everyone, but for a lot of people, it has pretty calming um, effects, right? So you can imagine someone, if you're anxious or if you have a hard time sleeping or if you are um, stressed out a lot, you can imagine how something that is mildly relaxing might be, that seems logical enough, right? If you're consistently stressed out or if you're really wound up and anxious all the time, why not smoke a little if it makes you feel better?
0: It seems like it has like a lot of face validity. If I have anxiety and I'm wound pretty tight, then marijuana may help me calm down, relax, some of those things.
1: Face validity. Tell me more. What does mm. face validity mean?
0: Well, it, it seems to make sense. I guess it seems to be logical. Okay. It's kind of intuitive. Yeah.
1: On the surface, anyway. On
0: the surface, yeah. Okay.
1: Sounds so, like you don't quite buy it, though.
0: You know, I don't. it's not that I don't buy it so much as I'm wary of... Um well I, I think our country is is currently this is a hot topic. States are starting to legalize marijuana. um marijuana's I think popularity is just kind of rising, you know overall and but I'm leery about calling things treatments that aren't exactly treatments. for example i I think there are correlations between marijuana claims and the opioid claims that were made. You know, that that opioids were at once prescribed as a treatment for pain condition. And you see the early studies come out that were Mm -hmm. really wrong and said, you know, opioids aren't addictive and opioids can really help patients. And now what we're finding out is they may actually cause more harm than they help. That there are definitely good um, therapeutic uses of that drug, but they're not nearly as um, circumspect as we maybe once thought they were.
1: But, so you're, but opioids, they, they take away your pain, right? So, Definitely. So why aren't they?
0: Well, but but they take away your pain for as long as they work, which is, you know, mm. you know given different drugs, you know, from a, a four hour to a six hour period, you know, on average, they remove pain. But they don't treat the condition. Right. If I've if I've got a bone spurs in my spine somewhere, um, opioids make me feel better for four or six hours. You know, I don't feel as intensely uncomfortable as I might if I didn't have them. But they're not doing anything to actually treat the cause of my pain. And then come the side effects of opioids. They're addictive. They cause all sorts of other kind of phys- physiological problems. And, and I think that's why our country now is kind of saying, Ooh, we've got to step back from prescribing these medications as frequently as we do because they actually come with more harmful um, side effects than they do actually kind of treat a, treat a, an issue.
1: Yeah. Okay, and, so- and I'm
0: worried marijuana might be similar where it's like, yeah, you, you'll you'll definitely get a decrease in anxiety symptoms while you're high. But is that actually really helping you deal with anxiety or is that just causing you to be high?
1: Right. So I'm pulling out kind of two main points from this that treating how you feel, especially in the short term, is not the same thing as treating an underlying condition, right? So to be careful about not confusing those two things. Right. Just because you feel better in the short term doesn't mean you're actually improving anything. Exactly. And then also you can't truly judge the benefits of an intervention without also taking into consideration the costs or the side effects. I think that's
0: exactly right. So um, there's a, a recent study that came out that said that uh, marijuana might be a good treatment for post-traumatic stress disorder. And so you look at the data and they have people taking 10 milligrams of THC and um, and they're tracking their symptoms overall, right? And the patients, sure enough, they report being uh, less, less um, anxious. Uh, they report less kind of what we call re-experiencing or flashbacks or intrusive thoughts or memories uh, of their traumatic event. And um, they report being more willing to go into public places to, to do things that maybe previously they would have avoided. So those are all the markers of basically a PTSD. Right. But you're high, you know, 10 milligrams a day, that's like four or five hours a day, You're, you're or, or at least a low level of being high. And so it would make sense to me that your anxiety decreases, that you're more, because your anxiety is decreased, you're more likely to go do things that you maybe would have avoided in the past, um, and that your mind's not kind of dwelling on this trauma. But if you stop taking that medication, what happens? And so is it really treating... The cause of the post-traumatic stress, or is it just really kind of putting a band-aid on some of the symptoms? I guess.
1: Yeah. So in other words, maybe your distress isn't actually going down, but it's being masked. Yeah,
0: by being high. (laughs) Which is kind of what opioids did to pain, right? It's not that you're not in pain anymore. Your pain receptors are still trying to fire. It's just that there's an opioid now blocking, you know, that that signal basically. Mm -hmm. And so it's not treatment. You're just high. And, and believe me, I have nothing against marijuana. I, I would much rather my patients use marijuana recreationally for fun than to address emotional issues. That, okay, that
1: sounds counterintuitive. You're saying you would rather, you, a therapist, a psychologist, you have a PhD, <laughs> you're saying it would be better for people to use marijuana for fun rather than using it to try and treat a mental health disorder. Explain yourself. <laughs> um,
0: boy, I've got to be more careful before I make statements. On no, <laughs> I think it's great. I just want to hear you explain. <laughs> well, actually, it. I do believe it. So, here, let me. Um, as, as a therapist, one of the kind of root causes, I think, of these disorders that we see on a day to day basis is that people have a very unhealthy relationship with their feelings or their thoughts. And I would much rather my patients learn to relate to those thoughts and feelings in a more effective way, that's functional for them, um, than I would them try to avoid those feelings altogether through the use of marijuana, alcohol, drugs, whatever that might be.
1: But if you can just if you can just avoid them, like it, let's say I have a really stressful job. You know, I have a I have a couple clients who are um, caseworkers for major insurance companies so they they go into some pretty um kind of depraved situations like people living in extreme poverty and um just really kind of scary intense living situations every day to try and um to try and help people but it's it's pretty intense i was talking to a a client who she um a client that she was going to do a home visit for in the middle of a conversation pulled out a pistol and started shooting the walls um, while she was in there. talking mm-hmm. to him. So anyway, she, um, she has a pretty stressful job. So she gets home from work every day and she, as she described, she feels like a ball of stress mm-hmm. right now. If, if smoking a little marijuana can just help her relieve that stress and feel better so that she can just fall asleep. Um, what's so bad about that?
0: I I mean, on the surface, I would say I don't see anything wrong with that necessarily. But if that's basically you're turning that into a coping skill, if you do it over and over and over again, that that you're basically saying, this is the way I handle this feeling of stress. I get high and that just puts me to sleep. But are you really addressing the stress or are you just getting high and going to sleep?
1: Yeah. So what, what would be a better way of, like you said, you think people Um, could benefit from developing better relationships with their thoughts and emotions rather than just sort of masking them with, with drug use like marijuana in that example, what would be a better way for my client to um, relate to her stress or, or manage it?
0: Wow. Well, I mean, there's lots of, I think um, there's lots of ideas on how she might better handle that. You know, I mean, there's all sorts of other coping skills like relaxation strategies, meditation strategies, mindfulness um, being able to increase her tolerance for stress. If she's got going to have that job, and if that's a job she wants, um, how is she going to manage that career over time if she's always high when she's not at work? You know, I mean, that's probably not an effective coping strategy over time. Now, if, if this is something that happens once a month, you know, with you know a, a particularly distressing day, all right, you know, whatever. But if this is what's happening every day. As as, um, as a general philosophy, I think I'd rather my patients not turn to um, drugs maybe to handle their emotions. Because what you're really doing is saying, I can't handle this emotion unless I have this other chemical on board. And that's a dangerous kind of philosophy, I think, overall.
1: Yeah. Talk more about that. I like the way you phrase that, but that your behavior of masking your feelings with a with a substance is really a way of saying to yourself, "I can't handle this on my own."
0: When you see this over and over, I mean, um, people who are afraid to fly often get prescribed xanax, you know for a flight. You can take it fifteen, twenty minutes before your flight. it'll it'll help kind of calm your nerves and you can you can take the flight. And and I see people who have done this for years and years and years every time they travel, every time they go somewhere. And what you see is like this decreased tolerance for stress. And pretty soon you need a Xanax for um, other more mild stressors, right? Or what happens one day when you're about to, to get on the flight and you realize I'm out of Xanax? And I've seen clients almost go into full blown panic attacks because they're so convinced that they have to have the Xanax in order to fly. That when they don't have the Xanax, they're, they're basically saying, I can't do this. There's no way I can handle my anxiety enough to get on this plane and, and make it. And that's a dangerous, I think, thought process and, and uh, belief system.
1: It's almost like there's a kind of emotional muscle that we all have for dealing with difficult things. And you can, by by using something like like a drug to deal with that difficulty, the Kind of hidden cost of that is you're you're not exercising that your own internal muscle for dealing with that stressor, and over time, if you if you continue to not exercise that muscle, it starts to atrophy to the point where it's kind of weak.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely believe that, and and maybe I should put a disclosure: like I, I do feel that there is a place for medication. I I, I I am not espousing any idea that there's no place for medication in in the world. I'm not saying that at all. I, I just think it, we need to be careful about how we use medication and um, the impact it might have on us. Um, no doubt medication is invaluable. And there's, there's often patients I, I, I totally agree with that medication um, can be helpful and beneficial to them in their lives. So I'm, I'm, I want to be clear. I'm not saying um, medication shouldn't be used ever. I'm just saying that if you're using substances to deal with your emotions, that, that becomes tricky for me. And, and I guess I always tell my patients, um, when we work together, I become your biggest fan. And so I, I wanna kind of step back and look at your patterns and your philosophies and the way you cope with things. And as your biggest fan, I wanna be in support of those. I wanna look at those and say, wow, these are some really solid structures we're working from here. But if I see something like, I have to have Xanax to take this flight, then as their biggest fan, I kind of say, oh, I don't know if that's a great strategy there. I don't, I don't know that that will help us in the future.
1: So one kind of theme I'm drawing out from this is that we might look at this question of, hmm, is, my, is this marijuana use healthy or not? One way to look at it would be, am I using it because I need it or am I using it because I want it? Exactly. Which gets at your initial framing of, I would rather people use it recreationally, that is because they really want it, Rather than using it therapeutically, which is another way of saying they're using it because they need it. They they can't or aren't willing to use some other method, so and, they need marijuana.
0: And this is specifically for handling emotion, I think. Now, there's, there's research coming out about uh, cannabinoids and um, oils and things like that. And, and it, it very well could be a wonderful treatment for chronic pain and for some of these other things. I, I'm fine with that um, if the research bears that out. But... To handle anxiety, or depression, or PTSD, I I think I'd, I'd encourage my clients or, or or people to treat the problem, you know, with post traumatic stress, for example. Um, there's lots of really good good knowledge about what causes and maintains post traumatic stress, and I would much rather my clients treat those issues, you know, um, than I would say mask it with marijuana. Will it help you feel better? Yeah, probably. But not. it's not treating your PTSD. And I want to be very clear about that.
1: So what would you say to someone who's maybe kind of on the fence about, you know, they, they use marijuana recreationally, and, um, but also sometimes sort of therapeutically, you know, to kind of feel better. How, what would be some, like, signs that maybe – you're using in an unhealthy way like what would be as a therapist what would be clues to you that a client is has sort of crossed the line from using it recreationally to using it in a kind of misguidedly therapeutic way
0: yeah I'd look at um, you know when they are when they have thoughts or kind of um, urges to use to rate their mood to rate their mood and their thoughts at the moment you know because um, if you're using it because you're stressed, you know, or if you're using it because you're angry or if you're using it because you're anxious, then I would suggest maybe um, we, we try a different track. But if you find, hey, I'm using it when I'm, you know, at home and kind of want to enjoy myself and I'm in a good mood, I'm in a good place and fine, go for it. I don't I don't see a problem with that. But if you're using it to sleep, if you have to have it to sleep, actually, there's research that says that's not a good, good thing that it, it des- definitely messes with your sleep cycles. You're, you're, and so not a good idea, actually.
1: I, I really like that. I think it's, it's interesting, but it's also very practical. To, one way to figure out whether it's a healthy or unhealthy use is to ask yourself, how am I feeling right before you use it? Yeah, to track that. And if you're, if you're feeling good, that might be a sign that you're using it in a purely kind of recreational way because it's something you just want. Whereas if you're feeling badly and then using right afterwards. That may be more of an indication that you're using it because you need it, or you feel like you need it.
0: Yeah, it could be, and, and I would also just track how much are you using anyway, you know, I mean, like any drug, you could build a tolerance for it, and if you find you're using marijuana every day, and you're usually you know in a good mood, but you're still using it every day, I might do a little bit of exploring, like what's this about for you then? Because using marijuana every day, to me, I would say, "What are we after here? What are we looking for?"
1: Yeah, and how hard is it to stop? Yeah, that's another one. You know, a lot of people think they're using it recreationally, or think they're not using that much of it, or that there aren't really any side effects. And then they um, they try. Maybe they have to. uh, They're applying for a new job, and they know they're going to get drug tested, so they try and stop for a while. And it can be surprisingly hard. To Mm -hmm. not use. And that's to me would be an indication that it, I'm not saying you're addicted necessarily, but you have a kind of dependence on it.
0: Yeah. Well, I think even with marijuana, they've shown that there's, you know, psychological addiction that occurs, maybe not physical, but you can definitely get pretty agitated, aggravated. I mean, there's, there's some definite withdrawal symptoms even from, you know, marijuana if you've got a severe or you're using pretty significantly. So, again i have nothing against marijuana and and don't have i'm not espousing any kind of negative other than like mm, be careful about how you use it so yeah so so helping clients kind of figure out why am i using i think is a good first step you know what what's my mood like what are my thoughts like you know am i am i using just after i've kind of ruminated for 30 minutes and i feel horrible or um you know, I, I've I've heard patients tell me though that, you know, after they smoke, it reduces the negative chatter in their heads and it and it helps them kind of calm down and, yeah, yeah, that's what marijuana does. It makes you high, you know. And but is that really treating depression? And yeah. I would say no. It's 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 kind of uh, you're you're able to avoid some of the symptoms of depression as you're high, but I don't know that it's actually treating depression. And, and if the research proves me wrong, then it proves me wrong. But as far as I know, I haven't seen any studies that would suggest that it's a viable long-term treatment for anything.
1: As a therapist, what do you make of the idea that marijuana is a gateway drug? It's a common idea out there. And so even if one argument would be that even if you're just using it recreationally, um, it could lead to more severe substance use.
0: I think there's a lot of data statistically to say that's absolutely false. But the idea of a gateway drug is kind of a ridiculous notion.
1: That if you use marijuana you're not more likely to use some other kind of drug.
0: Right. I don't I don't I, I mean I'd have to review the literature on this, but the last time I looked at it 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 didn't bear that out at all. Good to know. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's
1: a common question, so I thought I'd throw. It no, out. it definitely I is. There.
0: I think people get worried about some of those things, and, and uh, to some extent, I could it be it could it function as that for some people? Maybe, but I think statistically, what you're seeing is no. In fact, people who use marijuana don't go on to develop dependency to heroin and meth,
1: or that it's it's not a causal relationship. Right. People may. Yeah it's probably I mean, just because someone goes on to use some sort of harder drug and happens to have used marijuana before that doesn't mean that the marijuana use leads to yeah
0: i doubt someone's experimentation with marijuana or with yeah marijuana led them to decide hey meth would be a great idea there's probably other thoughts on board there rather than hey i've used marijuana i might as well try heroin <laughs> that that that's a huge jump gotcha yeah. So what now so far have you agreed with kind of my perspective? I feel like I've shared kind of my thoughts on this. Are you in agreement total?
1: You, you know, like like a lot of the things we talk about on this show, I, th- I think a common theme is to to really be careful about asking yourself, what's your real motivation for doing any particular action or mm-hmm. behavior, whether that's yelling at your wife or smoking weed when you're kind of anxious after you get home from work. Right. Um, that, a a, it's an important skill to be able to kind of pause and reflect and say, well, why, why am I doing this? Like, what am I really, ge- cause it, what am I getting out of this? Because it's, it's easy to say, oh, I'm just, I do it cause I like it cause I feel good. Right. And and maybe that's true, but are there other reasons kind of a little bit more below the surface that are maybe going on at the same time? Mm
0: hmm. Mm-hmm. And, well, and, and I think that's the, the hard part of medication or, 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 yeah, medication in general, uh, especially marijuana, is that um, mm-hmm. it is fun. You know, y- y- you can be using because it's habit. You can be using because you've got a um, a relationship with anxiety that that you formed that you're you're treating your anxiety with it um, or trying to. Um, you might be using it because you're bored. You might be using it, be- and it could be a combination of a lot of those things. Um, you know, the next step after my client was able to kind of recognize, okay, I'm I'm using marijuana in these instances to treat my anger, my anxiety. I'm using it here. I would, I would definitely set up a schedule where I'd ask clients, you know, Hey, we're going to practice these other coping skills during these times, um, when you're frustrated. So as soon as you know, I'm frustrated or I'm anxious, then the coping skill of marijuana is kind of taken off the table. But then on Friday night, When you're going out with your friends or you plan an evening alone and and you're just looking to have fun, then go for it. Friday night, get as high as you want and enjoy yourself and have a good time. Um, But on these other occasions when you notice I'm doing it because I'm anxious, I would say let's practice something else. So kind of almost prescribed um, time to, to practice using it more functionally or just for fun rather than to treat their emotional state.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think another along those lines and another really interesting little thought experiment to do is to keep track of your use, like when you use and and really ask yourself, am I totally in control of this? If I if for some reason I decided, no, I, I don't want I'm not going to use right now. Could you just drop it and move on without without kind of another thought? Mm-hmm. Or would it be difficult? Would it be surprisingly difficult? And I think if it's difficult that that suggests that there's more going on than just well, I just like using it sometimes, yeah, right, yeah. It, it suggests some kind of need or dependence
0: yeah and and I think the most common issue for, for my clients right now um I hear a lot of um I'm using it to sleep and and yeah, that's always a, a good topic they're, of conversation. They're using it
1: to fall asleep or to stay asleep?
0: To fall asleep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nor, yeah. Usually it's like this is what I do right before I go to bed to help me fall asleep, to help me calm down um, and, and help me get to sleep. So they're using it really for maybe anxiety, um, worry, you know, that the kind of common chatter that happens with anxiety, and to help them fall asleep because it's really hard sometimes to fall asleep while your mind's going a million miles an hour.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's actually a lot of... The research is pretty um, substantial at this point when it comes to marijuana use and and sleep, which is that it has some, possibly some very mild beneficial effects for falling asleep along the lines of people who smoke compared to people who don't fall asleep a few minutes faster than people who don't. Right. So the effect is pretty small. Um, And it definitely disrupts the quality of your sleep, right? especially if you use consistently and heavily. It has much bigger negative effects on the quality of your sleep than that completely outweigh the the minor benefit you might get to falling asleep initially.
0: Yeah, it's it's not uncommon for my clients to report, you know, smoking or or using an edible or whatever oils um, right before they go to sleep. And then, you know, they'll wake up at three, four in the morning, two in the morning and have to do the same thing. To get back to sleep.
1: Yeah. It also, when you, if you stop using and you've been using relatively consistently, um, marijuana withdrawals, even if you're not experiencing them overtly, will severely disrupt your sleep. So the process of your body withdrawing from consistent marijuana use will definitely impair the quality of your sleep as well. So it's really, it's really a short term, very small gain at the expense of a, sometimes pretty significant long term deficit.
0: See, and I think this is the correlation I draw with opiates a lot too. I mean you know, I mean and I and I recognize I'm not trying to say that marijuana is as dangerous as opioid opioids. I'm not trying to say that. But I am saying some of the the <laughs> some of the surface kind of reactions are the same for people like, um, I need more and more of this to to satiate my needs, right? The tolerance level, um Uh, decreases pretty, or or increases pretty quickly. Um, And and you find people are kind of just starting to use it more and more and more. So I used to use it just to fall asleep. Now I've noticed I wake up. Now I'm going to use it to get back to sleep once I've woken up in the middle of the night. And usually in the morning, you know, I start to get so anxious, I'm going to use a little bit more then. And then at lunch, you know, I start feeling a little bit more anxious. And what you're finding out is I'm using this when it wears off. As soon as the effect of the drug wears off, I'm going to use more of it. You know, and 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 you know, I'll tell my clients frequently that if being sober is so distressing that you need to use a substance, you know, to feel okay, as your biggest fan then, I think we need to look at that. Agreed. <laughs> I totally agree with what I think. <laughs> I'm just going to be clear about that right now. I've just talked a lot and I totally agree with everything I've said. <laughs>
1: That's going to be our little um, catchphrase at the beginning of the show.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like the way I think.